When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Auburn Express. What's up, War Report family? You got Ike Jones here. We are back for the morning drop, man. It is March the 3rd, man. It's already March the 3rd, 2023. We're talking about the NFL Combine so far. uh, Auburn players out there showing out. Is the NFL Combine still an opportunity for players to improve their draft stock? Let's talk about it right here. Y'all know how we do right here, War Report style. Let's drop it on them. You are now now listening listening to to the War Report. Yes, indeed. Morning drop right here. You got Ike Jones in with B-Will today. B-Will, how you feeling this morning, my guy? All right. It's a little dreary out. You know, it's a lot of rain down here. Cloudy. It's raining but... here in Beham as well. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, are we here? Feeling good? I'm feeling good. For sure, for sure, man. We're going to get into the combine. Talking about the performance thus far of the Auburn players. Um, you know, a very intelligent individual that comes on this particular show mm-hmm. when we talked about the draft said Owen Papo is going to go out there and he's going to put up some ridiculous 40 number and it's going to make NFL scouts salivate over him. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say who said it, you know what I'm saying? But I'm, I am going to say it was stated on this program when we talked about the NFL draft sub four, four for Owen Papo. Yeah. And I'm watching fans from all over NFL. Oh, this is a future, whatever. Insert the name of your fan base and team. Uh, he's a future such and such. I'm, just, I'm watching it happen all over the internet right now. Just, it was inevitable. The boy, he, he is aptly named the freak. Freaky athleticism for that young man. But the question here is, do you think that's enough for him to now be, because uh, I believe you and Mike G both felt, felt like he might not even get drafted, right? Very, very late, not drafted. We we knew his his measurables could help him, but I mean, based on tape, it was going to be tough. That's what we thought. Do you think that this changes anything? Him yes. running a four three nine? Because I don't think I didn't expect him to run sub four four. Like that's that's what changed it. I expect him to go low fours, maybe mid fours at the worst. But I mean, for a linebacker, that's that's still top tier athleticism for a linebacker. If you can come yeah. in like four four five, so four three nine is like. That's past. That's 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 a little extra on top of what we thought he would do anyway. So yeah, I do think he has pushed his draft stock up. How high? Listen, man, NFL guys salivate over that type of speed. It it it, it makes them stupid. It makes draft. And I'm not saying you'd be stupid to draft on Pat. But what I'm saying is there are a lot of guys who are just fast, and that's all they are. Who got top ten, top twenty in the first round slots and got some some good money and then fizzled out shortly thereafter because all they could do was run. So um, it matters a little more that all you can do is run for a wide receiver, right? 
like when it comes to mind, Darius Hayward Bay. Mm-hmm. He was a very, very mediocre wide receiver, but his speed got him drafted high. He bounced around the league a little bit, and then everybody figured out, oh, you really can't catch. Okay, so we're done with that. Um, another one, he actually got drafted by the Bengals. John Ross, I think it was John name. Ross, yep. He was just, fa- just fast. Not mm-hmm. particularly great at anything as a wide receiver. He's just fast. But that's enough to get you some odds. So now what Papo has just done is that's not just fast for a linebacker. That's extremely fast. Yeah, that's a fast for any human being, right? That's like fast for just, anybody. I mean, yeah. if it was a wide receiver that ran four three nine, they'd be like, "Oh, let's let's yeah. let's, let's get him top ten. So that, like that's DB speed, right? He's running right. at the speed of a fast defensive back. Like there are defensive backs that are going to put up slower numbers than him right. coming up uh, when the DBs run. Right. So, um, yes, he has helped himself because he has pushed himself into the territory where GMs stop thinking clearly. And don't look at tape and go, but I mean, come on, look at that speed. And so that's where he's at now. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think he's going to actually get himself uh, probably like fifth round, man. Like, I think that somebody's going to go take a flyer on him and say, but look how fast he can run. I can do something with that. And they're going to try to make him into some sort of box safety linebacker hybrid sideline to sideline guy. Um, so, uh, you know, listen, I, but again, I knew this was going to happen. I knew he was going to go to the combine and he was going to put up some ridiculous number and people were going to be like, oh my God, what has been going on? Like, how, how has he not flashed more than this? And then they're going to see his highlight film and they're going to see him destroying a couple of people on some plays. And they're going to be like, oh, he's fast and he's hitting like this. They're going to yeah. look at the tape of the Penn State game and they're going to see him level um, what's your boy's name? The quarterback, uh, uh Big Mid. I don't know, Big Mid. I'm calling yeah. Big Mid. I don't remember his name. Did you see that whole interaction when uh I think the Auburn football uh Twitter posted that video of of Owen Papo and uh and he reshared it on his timeline mm-hmm. and basically was talking about how yeah, but what was the final score? Oh, uh, I didn't see that. No, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. It's fair. That's fair. It's fair. Yeah, it's fair. But mm. you know, I, uh, I, I wonder if he's gonna get drafted. I'm, I'm gonna talk. I'm, I'm gonna go uh, holler at my folks over at the Penn State channel, um, and see what they feel about. I'm gonna go look at, at their stuff. I'm mm. sure they're doing some sort of draft profile stuff. Thank like you, that. James. Yeah. Sean, Sean Clifford. Clifford. Thank you. Yeah, big mid dog, uh, Clifford, the the big mid dog. Yeah, here we go, <laughs> Clifford, the big mid dog. I like <laughs> it. I like it a lot. Um, but I, I do wonder whether or not he's gonna flash on anybody's draft board. But um, anyway, um, also, Derek Hall, mm-hmm. he put up a good number. I I didn't know Derek Hall could like he he doesn't play that fast to me. As fast as what his his forty number was, right? Um, his his oh, Mike G's not here. I could say it. His motor is <laughs> is always at that speed, but yeah. um, but yeah, I just like I I wasn't expecting to see him put the number up he did in the forty. That that to me was surprising. Um, but do you think he helped himself out? In look, I think. Uh, what he did in uh, he didn't play in the actual senior bowl, but I think what he did in the senior bowl practices was already moving him up some people's draft boards. Right. But then you see him put that 40 number up. Do you think that that helps him in his draft stock? 
I do. Um, I think Derek Hall was already going to be high on people's boards because of that motor, because of his professionalism, because he actually is that leadership type guy. He is a a, a high character individual, and you don't have to worry about uh, ancillary things with him. He's going to be about football, and GMs love that stuff. They love of, of a guy who you don't have to do. I'm, I'm sure they're going to do their due diligence on every draft prospect that they're they're seriously looking at, but. I don't think Derek Hall has those issues in high school with behavior. Excuse me, uh, with college in college with behavior. Um, he he is a plus for a locker room, and GMs love that type of stuff. Now add on to it that he doesn't know how to quit, and he can move as well. Mm-hmm. Now you're going up the boards. Now he's he's sneaking into the second, third round territory, which I thought maybe he'd be fourth, um, fourth maybe third, but now I think he's going third, maybe second. Yeah. And then again, another guy, Kobe wouldn't put up a good number. Like you're not expecting him to put the number up. He does like this lets me know. So who was it that came on when Robbie was talking about last year coming on on building report? He was like, man, the whole team is fast. Yeah. And we was like, okay, I'm, I'm inclined to believe him right now when I'm looking at these 40 and I'm like, yo, oh, what? Yeah. Why, but my question is, and so I, let me throw this up because I, I, we have to ask about the, the combine. And there was a quote from, I think it was Dan Campbell. Let me find it. I had it pulled up over here. Did you see this quote from Dan Campbell? I have not. I made fun of it because I thought it was ridiculous how he phrased it. But he says, I guess there, uh, it's somewhat of a spectacle. T- spectacle. Uh, to me, it's more at this point just to be able to sit uh, with these players, they get the medical during the week. But for us, it's to be able to get these interviews. That's the biggest part of this all. I'm not, it's not even the working out portion. To me, you grade them off the tape. You don't grade them off of somebody out here in pajamas running the 40 with no defender around. It was the pajamas running around with no defender around right. part where I was just like, how are you sleeping at night, bro? Because th- nobody I know sleeps in anything that remotely looks like what people are wearing out in the combine. Um, but do you do you agree with his statement that people should stop looking at combine numbers and evaluate tape a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, absolutely, man. You, you're going to whether you're drafting them from a, a Power Five conference, uh, SEC, or a Big Ten, being the the bigger and, and the better conferences, or you're drafting them from you know group of five schools. You've got some tape of them pushing up against similar talent and better better talent. Everybody does. Now, maybe if you're Alabama or Georgia, you didn't play anybody physically better than you. But for everybody else, yeah. We, we got to see Auburn playing against Alabama and Georgia. So what did you do? You mm-hmm. got to see any, if it was a, uh, you know, Bowling Green. Hey, well, this one tackle from Bowling Green. All right, well, they went to play somebody that was out of the league. How did he do? We've got tape on guys. And realistically, I need to see you doing the thing you're going to do at this level. And that's not going to get done at the at the draft. You're not going to run in a straight line as a line. When, when is a linebacker ever going to run in a straight line to just a finish line and hit a laser and that end the clock? Never. That's not that's not a real world circumstance. I mean, what I guess I need if to he do. was running somebody down in the open field, but if you're having to do that as a linebacker, something went wrong. <laughs> right. You you hope that doesn't <laughs> have to happen. So I mean, what you need to do is see him playing his gaps properly with that speed. That that's when that speed counts. What you need to do is see him running down that quarterback and making the tackle with that speed. That's when that speed counts. Yeah, when you're when you, it can't. The, where, so where it's going to translate in today's NFL is when you have Kyler Murray and um, Justin Fields mm-hmm. and Lamar Jackson 
uh, you know, running some sort of read option and you've got to try to set the edge or you've got to try to get out here on them. Do you have the speed to be able to keep up with those guys outside? A 439 can. Like, right. That's that's the kind of guy that you want to be able to say, all right, you're the contained guy. He doesn't get outside of you. Right. Right. Um, and so you can go chase that play down. Or if they're running some sort of, you know, situation is a pitch to the outside or some play you know speed sweep can you get out there as a linebacker and be our guy playing to the sideline on you know or a quick screen out there can you get out there to it it's there's ways to but to your point how often are you able to play your gap right how often and when you get there can you make the tackle having all the speed in the world don't matter if when you get there you can't get a guy to the ground and that's right. the kind of thing that you have to be able to evaluate on tape. So, right. We'll see how it goes for these young men. Wool Report family, you are listening to The Morning Drop, where we talk about the most recent and relevant Auburn sports news. We broadcast live from The Wool Report's YouTube channel on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central Time. You're welcome to come watch it live, but the live chat is reserved for our YouTube channel members only. So come on by, become a member, and get active in the best Auburn sports community on the webs. We'll be right back after we pay a couple bills. Thanks for sticking around through the ad break. Now here's the rest of your morning drop. We're going to start with Peapot Pass who jumps in and says, projecting the range of 432 to 437 on tank. Shed is a 439 to 442. You think Shed's going to run a slower number than tank? That's interesting. I would I would actually think Shed's going to run faster than tank is. I would guess so. Tank is fast though. Tank is fast, I but I think fast. Shed's faster. Yeah. I don't and, know. And, I, that that doesn't even mean that that's what is going to be bore out in the in the numbers necessarily because I mean you've got fast guys that don't might not just be great forty runners yeah so I mean we we will see on on the field so Shed never looked that fast but it's been confirmed that Shed is that fast so I'm I'm want to see I'm very interested to see what Shed runs because that might do something for him at the very least man his production was was not good last year um, he had some drops again in, in some critical moments again last year. So his speed is going to need to be high for him to actually get drafted. Yeah. I, I I mean, honestly, I don't know that he has the productivity. Uh, you know, you talked about a couple of guys, uh, Justin Ross and um, what was the other guy you said? Ha- Hayward Bay. Yeah. Th- they had better productivity in college though. Right. right like right. They, it wasn't just speed for them in college. It was actually production on the field. I don't know that Shed has the on-field production to match the speed mm. that would make people say, oh, well, we got to draft this guy anyway. Um, right. He might get a reprieve because the offense overall wasn't that great. Right. Um, but if Seth Williams struggled to get drafted, I don't know how Shedrick Jackson doesn't. Yeah, that's true. Um, James Sawyer jumps in. OP helped himself out yesterday and Derek definitely proving he should be a top three round pick. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yeah. Not Derek Hall's gonna be a 15-year NFL vet with man of the year um awards. Like that's that's just the type of player he's gonna be. Somebody's gonna get a, a great player. And I, I realize that he's not the biggest and fastest player at his position in this draft. That's why he won't go first round. But again, mid to late second, early mid third, somewhere in there, I think he definitely goes and in, in He's done a lot for himself in this life. Between senior bowl and combine, he's done a lot for himself. 
Uh, John Brennan says, any player with a 4-5 or below will be signed to at least a scout team. I was with some AU players at the XFL tryout on, in Tampa on their first go-round and learned a lot from some of the scouts there. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I think people, again, there there are certain things, you know, I talked about this, uh, I think, in basketball, but or no, we were talking about the, the wide receiver. I was like, there's just certain things you can't teach. Right. You can try to help a guy be faster, but some people are just fast. Right. right. Like, I don't care how much training you put me through. I'm never going to run a four four ever. <laughs> like you, you could put me on the best weight program in the world. You could have me go work out with um, the speed genius. You could you could do all of that stuff. There will never be a time in the history of Isaac Jones where a four four will be a number I put. It's just not gonna happen. Like I just I don't I don't have a fast twitch necessary to get up that kind of speed, even with all the training in the world. Some people are just fast. Yeah. Right. And so that's that's the thing. Owen Papo is just built a little differently than most human beings. So he's gonna move differently than everybody else. So um he's definitely going to get an opportunity and and people will assume uh, and it's not a bad assumption that because he has these natural gifts, if I get that natural gifted person in my room, I can turn him into something else. Right. And, you know, and maybe there is an NFL coach somewhere that's like, no, I've got somebody on my staff who teaches fundamentals better than anybody I've ever met. He's going to work with this dude and and he's going to get him right. Like, I trust this person's ability to develop. Maybe Owen didn't run into that guy in college. I mean, I think the world of, of, of course, T-Will. And I, I know Christian Robinson was a at least a very well-regarded coach, but maybe there's some magician in, in the NFL among the professional ranks because that's where you find a lot of those lifelong, I am a this coach. There's an offensive line. I remember because he was offensive line coach for the the uh, the, the Colts for a while because Pat, Pat Banning. And Jeff Saturday, was, all we talked about, his name was Howard Mudd. He's just an old dude, and this is all he does. I coach the offensive line. This is what I do. The, the Philadelphia Eagles head co- uh, offensive line coach was supposed to be like this. He is an offensive line magician. This is what he does. He's not doing special teams just to get on the team staff like they do in college. Hey, what do you what do you coach? I coach quarterbacks. Well, coach running backs right here. We got a spot for you because you recruit good. No. In the pros, you're going to coach what you are good at coaching. And if he can run into one of those coaches at linebacker or maybe somebody takes a chance on him, puts him in safety or something like that. I don't know because he could be. He could be. Uh, he's fast enough to be a a cam chancellor. I don't think he has the ball skills or the tackling ability to be that, but uh, he could be something different. You just have to find the right coach to say, Mm -hmm. I see what you got. I'm going to make somebody this. Don't worry about it. Go ahead and get them. Take them early. It's cool. We're going to do something with them. For sure. For sure. Um, James Sawyer says, I feel like C-Rob set our linebacker room back with his coaching last year, but he's such a nice guy. I don't think he said anything back. I think losing Zacoby McClain said everything back. I think that was the one who, like you just said, you can't make somebody what they're not. Zacoby McClain, Zacoby McClain was a linebacker and a tackler and a dog. And yeah, Dan Campbell, since you're watching tape, <laughs> go get Zacoby on hey. your squad. Okay. He he he's just he he transcended his measurables. His play was was far above what you would have gotten from him in measurables. And you can't really replace losing that dude, honestly, unless you've got similar dudes 
around him or behind him, and we didn't really have similar dudes. We're talking about Owen and being happy about his time because his production did not match what his what his physical ability was. So, no, I don't think Christopher Robinson said it back. I think we just didn't have that type of dude. That was it. That's it. I think it, it comes down to that. It's not always just coaching. I know we like to put it on coaching all the time. Well, the linebacker court was like this last year. Why wasn't it like that? Well, we didn't have that dude. We lost two dudes who were... Zacoby McLean and Chandler Wooten, I think, were better linebackers than any of the linebackers that we have hit the field for us last year. And that's not a slight to them. That's how much I think of those guys. We have to replace the talent that we lose with equal talent, not just in measurables, but in in football IQ and ability and talent. And we we didn't do it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. James Barnett jumps back in. Fellas, with all the speed we had, could scheme and development be the reason why it wasn't more? We weren't more successful. Yeah, I mean, the development piece is difficult, right? Because um, we were playing a lot of guys who probably should have gotten developed before the last staff got there. There weren't a lot of yeah. like new guys that needed to be developed uh, defensively. I think scheme definitely contributed to it. The change in the scheme from, you know, you were recruited to come in and play a Kevin Steele defense for the most part for most of the guys that were there, and you end up playing this Mason Schmetting scheme that's a little bit different. It's going to require you to do different things. It takes you time to learn how to do those things and be better at them. Yeah. But one of the things that is true, and, and if you watched the the interview, uh, Shameless Plug with us and Zacoby McLean that's live right now on the channel, he talked about he hadn't, he he learned to play zone playing under Derek Mason's scheme mm -hmm. because he had never really played zone before that in high school they weren't playing zone where he was from he didn't play it when he was with kevin Steele's defense so he hadn't really learned zone concepts so that actually helped him be better prepared to be a pro and be able to be more versatile as a pro because he understands those concepts a little bit better having played a scheme that's more built on that as a foundation um but it's a learning curve for everybody Right. And so some players adjust more quickly than others. So I do think that scheme hurt people, but I don't think it hurt their development. I think it actually helped their development, but it hurt our on the field productivity because yeah. they needed time to adjust to that sort of thing. Right. Right. Yeah, that's true, too. Uh, Dana Jones jumps on in the scheme and development has been a little dysfunctional the last few years. Yeah, I, I think it's fair to say that we we may have been trying to put square pegs in round holes to a certain mm -hmm. extent. Um, because Harson's thing was, I'm going to get the type of player I want, and he wasn't going to go and get. He wasn't even willing to just fill the roster with empty, fill the empty roster spots with guys just to have bodies in here. He's like, no, I'm going to get only my type of guy. But that left that left us wanting because we didn't have enough. We had, like you said, a bunch of talent who had played these games, who played this way, um, a, a, an offense full of offensive. <laughs> uh, talent who had been playing spread offense and and tried to put them in pro style and got and even brought in guys like Robbie who whose strength wasn't going to be a pro style offense. It's like again square pig round hole. So for the first time in a long time, we have an opportunity to develop for the scheme. And I don't think Hugh Freeze is going to be a flash in the pan like Harson was. He's already done enough recruiting to get the heat off of his back. I think to I think Hugh Freeze is going to get the time to go. All right, just give me a minute. And I don't even think he's going to be as patient about it as as we're expecting. I think his his expectations will be higher than he's letting on, but he's not going to jump out there and say that. But um, I, I think he's going to have the benefit of the time and 
he's doing the recruiting that allows him to get his scheme up and going a little quicker than Harson did. And it's interesting. I mean, it's it's an interesting conversation to talk about. As much as you know, I think Robbie Ashford is is a potential star just off of his ability. It's interesting that they even brought him into an offense that was not going to be suited for him. Like it's right. th- there was there was nothing in Harson's arsenal that said go get a dual threat quarterback. Right. And I so I, I I like it's just curious that they even wanted him to come in to an offense that wasn't going to be better suited for his talents and abilities right. um so i don't i don't even i i have to now go back and question the decision of like why did you even bring him in if you didn't intend to play like he doesn't fit what you want to do so right. it's a little head scratching to begin with there yeah, cool breeze jumps in most of the d-line and linebackers are also measured on the first 10 yards of the 40 which is more what they're going to be covering 10 yards at a time right quick burst can you go from start to, to whatever really quickly mm-hmm. because that's the amount of time that you're usually going to have where you're going to be effective. Yeah, I would think their get off is probably more important than than how how fast you were clocking in the last 10 meters of that 40 cuz yeah. that's that's way more important. Can you react to that snap very quickly and, and beat that offensive lineman? So, that makes sense. For sure, Cool Breeze again says D Hall will be like Carl Lawson's career. So, Carl Lawson has been still in the NFL right now. Um and and been fairly productive. Carl Lawson's biggest issue has always been injury. Yeah, he just yeah. has not been able to stay healthy for prolonged periods of time to have the production that you would want. Um, but but Carl Lawson was he's kind of he was a different kind of athlete as well as far as yeah, his speed. strength as well. Like his his quick his quickness quickness yeah for his size and strength were, were exceptional. Yeah, uh, I, Carl Lawson. He's he was built very differently than most human beings. So, yeah. um, it'll be it's it's definitely going to be interesting to me to see how uh, Derek Hall translate. I think he's going to translate well to the NFL just because of the physicality that he plays with. Mm-hmm. People, we talk about the physicality of our conference, and I don't think people understand that it's not common to play that physical all the time every week. Right. There's a lot of like finesse is a real thing in in the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. They they want to be fast and they want to be light and they want to be agile. But when you just come in and smashing people in the mouth, that's why certain defense, like you know, I'm gonna brag on my team a little bit Go here. That I love it. That's Go why ahead. the 49ers have been dominant on defense for years and years because they're just more physical than most teams. Mm-hmm. Most teams are gonna come and they want to be fast and they want to put up a bunch. 49ers are just like, we're just going to punch you in the mouth repeatedly. Mm-hmm. And eventually you're going to be like, okay, I'm tired of getting hit in the mouth. I'm just tired. <laughs> offensively, all right, cool. We're just going to punch you in the mouth over and over and over and over and over again. By the fourth quarter, you're going to be tired of getting hit in the mouth because four or five weeks straight, nobody's hit you in the mouth like this. Right. And you're physically beat up after playing that team. Yeah. It's just certain teams just play like that. That's Philadelphia last year. It's just physical. They did. We're yeah. just going to be more physical than everybody else. That's fine. And yeah, okay. Everybody want to run around and uh, no. Right straight ahead. We're going to drive this pile for 10 yards over and over and over again. And by the end of the game, you're too tired to continue to have to, to continue to play this way. Yeah, they want people down, man. The offensive line just just wore people down that somebody was uh the metrics they they became a, a very easily bet team because the first half 
They pass and get up the second half. They run and maintain possession. And that's why they beat everybody so badly. Because And they could do it. It's like you couldn't really stop them. You hadn't even been on the field that long in their first half because they were passing and they were scoring fairly easily. So it's not like your defense was tired. But if they get a double-digit lead, they're a 14, 17, 21. It's over for you. Yeah. It's, it's over. So, yeah, it, it, it matters, man. If you can... Somebody, I, I listen to uh, Bobani Jones. So uh, somebody that's on his show a lot is Foxworth. Mm-hmm. Foxworth. So um, he would get on there and talk about, listen, people talk about, yeah, running the ball isn't as valuable as it used to be. Analytics, right? Passing is more valuable. He was like, I'm going to tell you, when you're getting run on over and over It's demoralizing, over, bro. It, it hurts. He said it hurts it mentally to realize we can't do anything about this. There's nothing. It it takes more. Yeah, it, it might have only gained three yards, but you taking the life force out of a defense when you do that. Like that's the value of running. And the same thing with with being consistently more physical than the person across from you. A defensive lineman. Listen, man, when you got the best, I I would imagine. I haven't talked to a defensive lineman. I would imagine once you get the best of an offensive lineman, they know like I can't do anything with this dude, and he's gonna keep coming at me. It mentally, you are now wearing on your opponent in a way that is extremely valuable for your team. And that's why you want guys like that who have yeah. high mo- That's why they talked about Lawrence Taylor. Like, this is this is weird. Like, no, every everybody who's ever coached or seen Lawrence Taylor but like, no, that's the best defensive end ever. Yeah. Him. Him right there. It's, it's not even close because he had not only he that He had the strength. combination of everything. It was speed. It was strength. It was quickness. And it was high motor. Yes. And he just, he, relentless speed, physicality for the entirety of a football game. Yeah. In the fourth quarter, he's coming just as hard and and as he was, pause, uh, in the first <laughs> quarter of the game. So, I wasn't even thinking until you said it, bro. <laughs> but it just yeah. doesn't matter, bro. Like, And so it's difficult. And this, uh, Corey Weber, this is the last one we'll take here. It says, that begs the question, can you recruit, draft, physicality, physicality or develop it? I think you, you got it. Or you yeah, don't. Yeah, like physical play, like some people just enjoy like that, like like boxers. I don't know what possesses somebody to say, you know what? I want to punch somebody in the face a bunch as a career, mm. and then potentially get punched a bunch. Like I would take boxing classes just to, for for like self defense and all that. But I don't want to make a career out of being a body bag. Like I just don't want to like a punching bag. Excuse me. I don't want. I don't want. That's not a career choice for me. Like yeah, let me let somebody hit me a bunch. And then, you know, because it's going to be cool because I could take it, but I'm going to hit them back real. I'm like, no, nah, fam, that's not. Yeah, that's, uh, you, that's you not ha- what I want to do with my life. Yeah. I, I think you're born with a taste for that type of physicality. Yeah. You, you're born with it and you get hit. And there are players who are definitely like, okay, I just got hit and it hurt. Let's do that again. Yeah. Well, why, why are you- N- next time it's my turn, though. Like, I'm right. Like, okay, again, <laughs> the Kobe McClain interview. Yeah. He was like, Oh, yeah. So um, he was talking about uh, Zeus from Georgia mm-hmm. and he was like, oh, yeah, I want I want him again. Like I didn't I didn't get like he, he remembers missing that tackle. He's like, nah, yeah, I want I want Zamir White again. I, I, he I owe him something. If I get in the NFL, I owe him something. Yeah, that's a different mentality that says I want this kind of stuff. Right. Right. And some some people just don't, I, no matter how big you are, no mm. matter how fast you, some people just don't want that. Right. And that, some people yeah. embrace that and will continue to just bring that to you over. And, and again, that's demoralizing to somebody to say like, I remember, so, you know, kid growing up, 
used to wrestle, right, mm-hmm. with different people. And but it was different wrestling with like kids my age and then my dad, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, with, with your kid, you you got sons. With your kids, you can throw them around all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But like you're letting them win to some degree. It's like, oh, you got me, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But then like they get to a certain place where they like feel like they're stronger than you, and you kind of have to show them it's like you you do realize <laughs> that if I use like all of my strength, this is a wrap, right? Like right. we're not gonna keep doing this. Yeah. And so like you get them to a place where they're they can't move anymore. Mm-hmm. And they get frustrated because mentally it's like, whoa, wait a minute. Why can't I get out of this anymore? Right, right. Physically being able to impose your will on another human being impacts the mentality of that human being where you're yes. just like, yo, this is not fair, bro. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm literally doing everything I know how to do and this is not working. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's it right there. And. If you if you have though that type of mentality, if you can find play, I I would like to know how you evaluate that in the interview process. We talked about Dan Campbell saying, "Well, yeah, we just in the interview we're going to get to know him," and I do think you can get to know these players. Yeah, well, I mean, by you asking look at it on tape too. But. I mean, you can you can for sure. But they they often talk about, well, th- this player has good numbers, but does he love football? Right, and that's what they mean. That they yeah. mean. Are you like, oh, man, I can't wait to get in here. And that offensive lineman that gave me hell in practice yesterday, I'm finna light his up. Like, it's going to be hell today at practice. Yeah. Do you, is it like that? Or is it like, well, do you enjoy my checks are $250,000 a game. Yeah. Let me get in here and just do what I got to do. Because I mean, you enjoy I'm, watching film on your off time or like right. you're a football nerd. And it's like, yeah, man, because I remember, you know, like you just understand the nuances. Of, like when you talk about football, does it light up in your brain? You like, right. yeah, man. Oh, oh, hold on, wait a minute. You was talking about that scheme? Yeah, man, because that game, bro, like, they was running such and such and this. Man, nah, what we should have, like, that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's kind of innate in certain people, man. Right. You know, yeah. listen, I love watching film. Not everybody likes sitting watching film like that, man. It's yeah. it's it's <laughs> tedious. I don't mind it. I, li- I like for you to summarize it for me. <laughs> that's, that's what I like. I like watching your summary of the film watch. I like that. That's fun. Yeah, but yeah, I think a lot of it is is just innate. It's just who you are as a person. Um, you can improve someone being able to kind of get to that space, but I don't think that you, if you love it, you just love it. Um, the unfortunate reality is some people who love it don't have the physical ability to go do it, right? right so you have right. to have that perfect marriage of the two. Right. Um, anyway, we're going to get out of here. We appreciate you guys dropping in with us, but we will be back at you guys on Sunday with more great War Report content. Until then, and as always, War Eagle, we'll holla at y'all. Peace. Peace. Drive.